1: If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele.
0: And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 144 of the Leading Learning podcast. This time around, we're going to discuss a four-part formula for selling your educational offerings. Definitely a viable topic for any learning business, but before we dig into it, we want to offer a message from Next Thought, our sponsor for the third quarter of 2018.
0: Brought to you by Next Thought, Associations Next is your opportunity to learn from some leading thinkers in e learning and membership organizations, as well as giving you the chance to test drive the Next Thought LMS platform. In this educational series, you'll uncover new knowledge about instructional design, digital strategy, and staying true to your organization's long-term goals in the face of rapid change. Kiki Letalian, Tracy King, and Lowell Applebaum lead the first three modules, and more courses will be added on a monthly basis. Visit associationsnext.com to enroll and experience the revolutionary Next Thought LMS for yourself.
1: And I'll second the recommendation to be sure and go check out associationsnext.com. But let's get back to the topic at hand, which is specifically the four-part formula for selling education. And and Jeff, I think to kick that off, maybe we should pose a question or, or maybe even a series of questions.
0: Yeah, I think that will get listeners in the right mindset for this episode. And here are the questions. When prospective learners land on your website, open your conference brochure, skim your latest email, or pull your most recent seminar postcard out of the pile of mail on their desk, are they seeing words and images that grab their attention? Will their interest be sparked? Will their desire be fanned into flame? Will they feel compelled to take action? If that doesn't sound like the kind of impact your efforts to promote and sell education are having, we encourage you to grab a representative example of your latest promotional efforts. Really? Hit pause here if you're in a position to do it and go find an example. We're all about learning by doing. If you can't pause right now, and we definitely recommend you don't if you're driving, for example, just try to get an example firmly in mind and let's take it for a spin through the classic four-part ADA formula for effective marketing promotions.
1: Okay, but before we go any further, let's be clear about what we mean by AIDA. So AIDA is an acronym, A-I-D-A, and it stands for Attention, Interest, Desire, and Action. And these represent the four stages that prospective customers move through in a typical buying process, from that initial awareness to making an actual purchase. The goal of anyone promoting a product or service is to help prospects move through these stages so that they're going to be converted from prospects to customers. And the origins of ADA can be traced back to more than a century ago. um, And since that time, the formula has been used by countless copywriters. Um, Nonetheless, as popular and as useful as it is, many would-be copywriters either don't know about the formula Or don't follow it in a conscious, disciplined way when creating promotional materials. So as we move through the rest of this episode, we want to challenge you to really think about how well the example we asked you to go and find from your own promotions, how well that example supports each step of ADA. We'll even ask you to score yourself on each step of the ADA formula.
0: But first using the ADA formula successfully hinges on understanding your prospective customers as well as possible. And as a result, knowing what offer of value is really likely to resonate with them. So in other words, there is research to be done before you start writing. And this research will likely include a combination of reviewing and analyzing past customer behavior, of surveying and interviewing current and prospective customers, and assessing the competitive environment in which you sell. So as a framework for this process, we really encourage you to use the market insight matrix that we've developed at Tagoris. That's free, and we'll link to it in the show notes. But regardless of the approach you take, what you're going to arrive at is an appreciation of the customer situation. So you know, what is the prospective customer experiencing, the challenges, the opportunities um, that may make her receptive to your offering? You'll get insight into buying motivation. So you know what is she likely thinking or feeling that might cause her to take action now? And you'll get an understanding of key barriers and objections. So what would prevent her from taking action? So as we proceed, we're going to make the assumption that you have a reasonable understanding of your customer. Um, Hopefully that went into whatever example you're gonna have in mind or be looking at as uh, we do this. But uh, to the extent that you you find it difficult to give confident answers to the questions that are gonna follow in this episode, you may need to back up and do some work to bolster your understanding of your customer.
1: So let's talk about the first A, attention. Grabbing a prospect's attention hinges on communicating a promise of value that aligns clearly with the prospective customer's situation. Now, that promise can be explicit or implicit, but either way, it's going to suggest that you understand the customer's situation and that you have something to offer that will change that situation for the better. So put yourself in the mind of your target prospect um, you know, think about it. There are dozens, maybe even hundreds, of emails in her inbox. She regularly receives postcards and brochures from uh, your competitors, not to mention from you. And for the particular marketing example that you chose um, to review, you know, what's the headline? What are the words at the top of the page or in the email subject line? Does that headline really grab your attention? As you are putting yourself in that mind of your target prospect. Does that headline deliver or imply a promise of value that is likely to resonate with your target learner? Is it likely to stand out or is it going to be buried in a pile or queue of other communications? Now in case it's not obvious, you have to be willing to be truly objective and honest when answering these questions. It can be all too easy to sort of just go, yeah, it, yeah, it's catchy. but. You need to really put yourself in the shoes of that prospect. And if your headline seems a little weak, we have some suggestions for you. And and to help illustrate this attention piece and then some of the other aspects of the ADA formula, let's assume that we're trying to grab the attention of a prospective customer who is, one, a director of education at a trade or professional association, and two, concerned that members are not engaged her organization's professional development programs. So that's our our sample target prospect. Um, And then we can can consider some of these uh, time-tested approaches for how to grab attention. So one way is to ask a provocative question. So for our target prospect, it might be something like, is your professional development programming putting your members to sleep? Another approach is to use numbers. So you might say seven steps to boosting learning engagement today. You might put in a call for action, something like try these simple steps to breathe new life into your educational programming. And you can also use relevant adjectives and adverbs. So you might say something like research-based and cost-effective steps to dramatically boost learner engagement. Now, in many cases, a strong headline is going to combine um, several of those approaches. So, for example, you might combine a use of numbers with a call to action and relevant adjectives and adverbs and get master seven research-based steps to dramatically boosting learner engagement. Now, no doubt there are ways to improve on any of those examples I just offered, but they all point to something valuable that this prospective customer that we identified is likely to want, namely help with increasing learner engagement. Now, words, of course, are not the only way to grab attention. On web pages and in print brochures, for example, you're nearly always going to want a relevant image to go along with the headline. So... Think about your example. Does that example use an image to help grab attention? And does that image help make the headline more powerful and more concrete? You know, you might have a a photo of a classroom full of snoozing learners, for example, to go along with a headline like, is your professional development programming putting your members to sleep? Now, many organizations that we've seen, you know, create um, generic campaigns where the headline is, is maybe something like, knowledge you can afford, and then the image is something like a, a piggy bank. And those pieces look professional and polished, but there's really nothing in them to truly grab a prospect's attention. You know, they, they just don't stand out. And so they the headline in that case may as well be put me in the recycling bin. So now think about your example and how it fares overall when it comes to grabbing attention. So we're going to ask you to, to score yourself, as Jeff mentioned. Um, so The scale is five is eye-popping, attention-grabber, and one being, huh, excuse me, did you say something? So where along um, that spectrum does your piece fall? And we're going to note, too, that if you feel like you need help with crafting better headlines, there's some great resources out there, and we'll be sure to link to them in the show notes, but we're thinking of things like Portent's Content Idea Generator, this is a, a little tool that helps you generate uh, headline ideas for any topic that you choose. And really, even if you don't use any of the specific se- suggestions, um, it can be a great place to kind of uh, spark your thinking and, and get you to uh, the headline that you ultimately use. Um, Co-schedule headline analyzer. You can use that tool to put in a proposed headline and then get immediate feedback on, on how well it's likely to work. And then if you want to go a little deeper um, than those tools, there are a couple of, of classic books that we'll recommend. One is How to Write a Good Advertisement, A Short Course in Copywriting by Victor Schwab. And then the other is Tested Advertising Methods by John Kaplan.
0: And I definitely recommend those two books for, uh, you know, just even to skim them, you're going to get a lot of knowledge out of the, uh, the Victor Schwab book and the John Caples book. Uh, so those are things I recommend anybody who's interested in, in marketing effectively have on their shelf. They're something that uh, I reference frequently. So now next, let's consider uh, the, consider interest, which is the, the I and the ADA formula. Now, Interest arises from developing the promise of value that grabbed the prospective customer's attention. And you do this by providing information that shows that you really do understand the prospect's situation. So stories and scenarios are one great approach to doing this. So continuing the example that uh, we've already presented, you might launch into a scenario that begins with... Five minutes after the presenter started speaking, half of the course participants were checking their cell phones. Now our education director is almost certain to recognize and identify immediately with this scenario. In fact, maybe you listening uh, identify immediately with this scenario. So that's one great way, stories and scenarios. Data, if you have it, is another great way to, to stoke interest. So you might offer up data like Within 10 minutes of the beginning of the average professional development seminar, 75% of the participants have checked their cell phones at least one time. Now I'll say that, by the way, I made that data up, so definitely don't quote it, but you get the point. (laughs) Then finally, one of the most powerful ways to build interest and to lead prospects toward desire, which we're gonna get to, is to actually deliver on some aspect of your value promise. So if you've promised seven steps, for example, discuss one of them in some detail, or perhaps even touch on all seven at a high level with the promise of much deeper treatment in the actual educational offering. Now this is an increasingly important approach in today's highly competitive education market, and uh, we've touched on competition in a a previous episode, so we'll make sure to link back to that. But uh, this really is the reason why content marketing has been such a buzzword for years now. You have to demonstrate value early and often to build the momentum that's going to carry prospects up your value ramp. And we'll be sure to link to an episode in which we discuss the value ramp. That's sort of our approach to mapping out how you provide value to customers. And You have to do this over time, of course, really in your ongoing relationship with your learners, but you should also aim to do it every time you create a promotion. So if you have used stories, scenarios, and or data, and you've done your best to provide uh, and deliver value in the actual promotion, then you can pretty much bet that your attentive prospect is now interested in what you have to offer. So let's check in, how are you doing? Again, score yourself on a scale from one to five, with five, in this case, being riveting. Can't put it down. This is a highly interested customer. And one being, hmm, delete me now. You're gone from the inbox.
1: Okay, so next comes D, desire. And desire arises when three things happen. So first, the major positive outcome you propose to deliver is clear. Clear. Second, the prospective learner starts to connect the dots and begins to see how the stories, scenarios, data that you've shared relate to her own situation. And third, the learner believes you have the answer and that the education you are offering will actually lead to the major positive outcome for her personally. Through your headline and the information you provide to to cultivate interest, you've already been hitting at the benefits that your prospect will get from participating in your educational offering. To move from interest to desire, you need to make these benefits crystal clear. And we advocate framing these as a major positive outcome. So basically, the big positive change a learner will experience as a result of successfully completing your offering. In the case of the example that we've been using, the major positive outcome is that the education director will be empowered to create programs that deeply engage learners, and as a result, those learners are clamoring to sign up for additional programs. They're becoming vocal evangelists that help attract other learners. The learning actually sticks and positively impacts the learners, and by positively impacting those individual learners, positively impacts the the learners' organizations and the broader industry or field that our education director organization serves. And then as word gets out, you know, prospective instructors for other courses are really excited about teaching for the organization. And you fill in the blank, just think about where things can snowball and go. So, you know, you might not cover all of these points um, in, in the copy that you create, but you certainly want to hit on enough of them to help the prospect see that there's major value to be gotten from participating in your educational offering. Now, reaching this level of understanding is at least partly a learning process. With your efforts at building interest, you're giving the prospect the material she needs for elaboration or In other words, connecting the information you offer with what she already knows. And to the extent that you've done a good job with building interest, this process is going to occur naturally. But you can also help it along by prompting your prospect with phrases like, imagine if or what if. Because by doing that, you're encouraging the prospect to reflect, to pause, to integrate the information that you provide into her own experience and to begin to see the positive impact that it could have. Of course, this sort of integration is unlikely to occur if the prospect doesn't feel she can trust you or your proposed solution. Like learning, the development of trust can be a pretty complex process. Partly, it's going to depend on factors like your organization's credentials and the credentials of the instructor, both of which you should make as clear um, and concise as possible during the promotional process. But it's also going to depend on the material that you choose to present as part of cultivating interest and the tone that you use in presenting it. Now, another key factor in developing trust, um, and it's one that's often overlooked or poorly used, and this is namely the the use of uh, testimonials as social proof. And we've written and talked a lot about um, social proof. And so we'll make sure to link to some of um, those previous reflections on, on testimonials and show and social proof in the show notes for this episode. And, and so I won't go into a whole lot of detail here. But the main point is that there are very few ways of establishing trust that um, beat a peer or someone that the prospect is likely to hold in esteem. Um, some, if that person says, use this. It worked for me. That is golden. So by offering testimonials of this kind, you help the prospect identify with the offering. So she's thinking, oh, others like me have had success with this. And you begin to chip away at objections that the prospect may have to making a purchase. You know, So she might start thinking, oh, if they thought it was worth the time and, and the money, then it would probably be worth my time and money. So Back to our scoring, Um, you may or may not have any desire to, but once again, we're going to ask you to score yourself from one to five, five being pure, raw, lust, and one being meh.
0: And now to the second A and the final letter in our ADA formula. In the world of religion, preaching is nice, but conversion is everything. At least it is down here in the South where we live. And the same is true in marketing. And that's what action is all about. You can grab their attention and get them all lathered up. But if they don't ultimately buy or subscribe or get the full story or like or whatever it is you want them to do, then you're putting in an awful lot of effort for very little return. And this applies doubly or triply if you don't have actual salespeople who can ask for the sales. You're really relying on what your copy can do for you. So you know, what's the key to an effective call to action? In a nutshell, it is ask them for the right thing at the right time. So let's start simply with ask them. We routinely encounter marketing materials that uh, have a phone number and tiny print on the last page or a, a click here link buried three clicks into a promotion. And as calls to action, these are, well, they're pretty much worthless. A prospect should never have to search for or decipher a call to action. So, you know, if, if click here, then, you know, they need to know immediately what's in it for me. Uh, and in most cases, the ask should be made multiple times in a promotion and it should always be clear what result the prospect's action will lead to. Now, let's move on to not just asking them, but asking them the right thing. And here's a key point. That may not mean register now, which is the usual action in uh, any sort of educational sales. As the first three steps we've talked about suggest, effective promotion is a process of establishing value. So, depending on what you're selling and to whom, there may be multiple stages and as a result, multiple actions that prospects need to go through. And, you know, as a rule, the more complex and more expensive the offering, the more steps before asking for the buy. So, you know, it's one thing to get somebody to buy a, a an e-learning course for $49 pretty quickly. It's another thing to get them to go to a, you know, multi-day or multi-week leadership institute that's going to be a huge commitment. So you have to build that into to what you're doing. So if the only ask that you ever offer your education customers is for them to register, which means basically fork over some money, whenever, whenever they receive a seminar or conference promotion from you, then, then you shouldn't be surprised if they aren't exactly eager to hear from you. So one last time, we'll go back to that one to five scale with five meaning, which means Not necessarily money, but they did what you wanted them to do. And one meaning, don't call me, I'll call you. So based on that scale, how did you do?
1: So that was the last of the four part formula and we've reached the moment of truth. This is where you can add up your numbers for the four parts of the ADA formula. Um, And so here's kind of our breakdown of of how you might interpret your score. So if you got 16 to 20, 20 obviously being the, the highest possible score, We're going to call that solid to excellent, you know, so you you need to keep doing what you're doing. Um, You're scoring high, you're you're scoring well, you should be seeing good to great results already, Um, but you need to keep doing it. Um, And if you aren't actually seeing those good to great uh, results, then uh, you might need to go back and uh, score yourself more objectively and more honestly than you did the first time around. If your um, scores add up to somewhere between 11 and 15, then we characterize this as ho-hum to hopeful. So you may be experiencing moderate success, um, but it's likely driven by habit and loyalty among your customer base. Um, and those are certainly important factors. You definitely want um, loyals, uh, loyalty among your customers, and it's a, a good thing if, if they come to you out of habit. Um, but those can fade over time if your promotional efforts are lacking. So you need to make sure that you're um, promoting well to kind of keep replenishing um, that loyalty and that sense of habit. If your scores add up to six to 10, we're gonna say you're you're hurting. You probably need to rally the troops, um, maybe even call in some outside help. And if you scored from zero to five, then we say, yeah, why don't you call us? Now, of course, keep in mind, You know, you've only gone through one example at this point um, and and maybe you happen to choose something that wasn't an anomaly for better or for worse. So you definitely want to run through this with a few examples before you draw any um, big conclusions And, and really no matter where you end up, just try to keep the ADA formula top of mind as you create promotions going forward. And for some bonus points, if you've already thought to have someone else in your organization or or better yet, if um, you've had prospects or customers go through this exercise, give yourself uh, a couple extra bonus uh, points um, because that bit of initiative suggests that brighter days are ahead for your marketing promotions. Um, And if you haven't had anyone else go through this exercise, we highly recommend getting them to do it and then seeing how your scores compare to theirs.
0: So that wraps up our discussion of the four-part ADA formula. If you are not in a position to work through an example as we went along, if you happen to be driving or working out or doing any of those things that we do when we listen to podcasts, then that would be a perfect reason to get the show notes for this episode by going to leadinglearning.com slash episode 144. You'll get the text that goes along with everything we covered and, of course, also be able to re-listen to the episode.
1: While you're there at the show notes, you'll see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of what you hear and aren't already subscribed, we'd be truly grateful if you would.
0: We'd also be grateful if you take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. Just go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. That'll put you in the right place. We really appreciate your rating and review. And those reviews and ratings are also instrumental in helping others who are interested in the learning business find this podcast.
1: We also encourage you to visit associationsnext.com. Jeff and I put a lot of effort into the Leading Learning Podcast, and one of the reasons we're able to do that is because of the support of sponsors. So please visit associationsnext.com where you'll have the chance to learn and to experience the Next Thought LMS in action.
0: Finally, consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet simply by going to leadinglearning.com share, and that will magically pop up a tweet that you can just hit send on. Or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can pick another social network. You can walk down the hall. You can shout it from the top of your building. But whatever you do, spread the good word.
1: Thanks again, and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.